Hey, DJ, guess what? What? We've got a sponsor. A sponsor? Yeah, Tennessee Craft Beer Magazine. Magazine? Like something you read? I know it's a shock because you don't read very much, but... Hey, now. What? I read a lot. Do you really? Do shampoo bottles count? Not in this sense. No, I don't that think they do. olfactory certification is, is, is high learning. This is for people that like reading about craft beer, not just drinking it. Sweet! It's like craft beer in print. It's like more than just reading the can. That's a great way to put it. Tennessee Craft Beer Magazine. It's more, more than, than reading, reading the, the can. can. Today's podcast is actually sponsored as I mentioned, by Tennessee Craft Beer Magazine. Find them online at tncraftbeermag.com. There you'll find digital copies of their magazine along with statewide brewery map, events calendar, and you can even subscribe to their print edition online. It's like Time Magazine for beer. Find them online at tncraftbeermag.com. All right, so uh, yeah, awesome. So we're here now. This is Chris, DJ Loop, and uh, we are here at the Green Dragon in Murfreesboro. We got Joe and Ed with us. Hello, this is Joe. Welcome, guys. Thank you, thank you all for joining us today. We're happy to happy to be here. This is an awesome place, by the way, Joe. Thank you very much. Yeah. So, um, so I would like y'all just to introduce yourselves real quickly, Joe. Yeah, I'm Joe Minter. I'm the public in here, the Green Dragon Public House. We've been in business three and a half years. We uh, started as a um, kind of a medieval uh, pub. We're moving into brewing, so next week hopefully we'll get our last uh, inspection done. So we have we'll become a brew pub at that time. It'll be Green Dragon uh, Pub and Brewery. But uh, yeah, we've been here for a little while. We have our own little niche here in Murfreesboro, and uh, we we live to serve the public. Oh yeah, yeah, not a little. I mean, you know, Joe is really. I mean. Joe's really been the start of craft beer in, in Murfreesboro. I've, I've, this is Ed, yeah. uh, Ed Morani, and I'm the owner of Tennessee Craft Distribution. Okay. Yeah. And, and uh, so, yeah, I started coming to, to Joe, oh, God, you know, when he first opened up, I was, you know, within the first month. And uh, it, you know, it's just one of those, those places where Murfreesboro was, was kind of the desert to uh, craft beer until Joe opened up. And so I, I've been a, a, a patron of Joe's, and then a year ago, actually a year ago yesterday, I started... Congratulations. Yeah, yeah, thank you, thank you. <laughs> I started uh, Tennessee Craft Distributors. I, nice. I retired from my day job, and uh, I thought about brewing, and then I looked around and studied the laws, and I said, you know, craft beer distributors need a distributor just for independent breweries. So, uh, yeah, I was up for the challenge, and so... That's, that's what I did after studying a lot of law and, and uh, doing that's, a lot of other things. That's what it would take in the beer industry. Oh, it, 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 yeah. It, <laughs> it, 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 it really, a lot it, of laws. Yeah, yeah, a lot, lot of laws. But, but anyway, so now I'm distributing beer, uh, you know, Tennessee beers and local beers, really all independent beers, uh, you know, bringing them to Tennessee and trying to expand the, the craft beer culture. And luckily for Ed, uh, our, what they consider to be high gravity, uh, in Tennessee last year was 6.25, well it just yeah. became 10.1 last January, so that was a real boon to beer distributors versus wine or liquor distributors. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, so yeah, it made a big difference. I mean, we, we have some uh, you know, local congressmen you know, helping out and senators helping out yes. with that. Uh, so, you know, Tennessee is really doing their part, you know, the state of Tennessee. And it's, I mean, it's, it's actually a, a nice growing community. Uh, and, and actually, it's, it's a nice revenue st- stream for the state. So, mm-hmm. you know, finally, people are finally realizing that. So. Yeah. 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 And, and, yeah, I mean, the, the liquor laws changing, the, the beer laws changing, I guess I should say, has, has made a big impact all over the state. I mean, we've seen it in Knoxville, and, and you're, you all are obviously reaping the benefit of it here, too. So that's, that's great. Well, Joe, um, tell us a little bit about the Green Dragon. I, I will say, when I walked in, my first thought was, um, and I mean this in the best way possible. It was like walking into um, Harry Potter World at the at the Universal Studios <laughs> in Florida, and, and and my wife and I are big nerds, so we we went and we got tickets to both sides of the park just so we could experience all of Harry Potter. And uh, this isn't Harry Potter, obviously. This is more, uh, I would say, 
it's kind of it's a running joke because I've, I've had an obsession with Tolkien uh, since I was in, as we say, in grade school, uh, reading The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings, and I've always had a I've always wanted to be Barlow and Butterbur, so here I am. We'll be, <laughs> we'll be uh, serving the best brown ale in the Shire pretty soon. Um, but yeah, it's, I just want to combine that with my love of craft beer. I've been home brewing for 24 years now. Oh, wow. uh, I've been doing that quite a while, so to, to turn that onto a commercial scale is, is going to be a lot of fun. Um, it's funny you mentioned Harry Potter, though, because we do have a lot of people that joke that this is a Harry Potter bar because they know it'll get under my skin if they say that. Fact, we have a box set of Harry Potter books that a patron brought me for that reason. But it's kind of a running joke. But we've really, um, our local patronage here has really picked up the, the craft beer uh, obsession. And uh, the, we don't sell any, you know, any Bud Miller Coors, anything like that. We're stri- strictly craft, which does initially disappoint a few people. But uh, Murfreesboro has really come around. We're lucky that we have such a supportive community. Yeah. And, and, of course, oh, I'm sorry. And, of course, you know, I obviously didn't mean the Harry Potter reference as a, you know, dick oh, or anything oh, like no, that. No, no, no. no, no, no. Not at all. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's well done. It looks like you're walking into a place within the, uh, like, the books of... Well, we try to, we try to pull people. You know, there, there's this notion of the third place where people go to work, they go home, and then the third place is... Somewhere where you meet old or new friends, and you can hang out. You feel very comfortable. We've always been kid-friendly since we opened. I've got a, I've got a 10-year-old who we, we serve uh, fruit juice blends. So my son Griffin came up with a notion of serving his own mixed fruit juice blends to the kids and adults if you don't drink uh, beer or other forms of alcohol. So we've always been very kid-friendly, family-friendly. We uh, typically close early during the week, close at 9, uh, 10 on the weekends. But uh, we just want to be comfortable, accommodating to everyone, and uh, serve the public here. Fantastic. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it really is a public house. I, uh, I was lucky enough to, to live in England for about four years. My, my wife and I were in, in York, England. And so we got used to the pub culture. And, and then coming back to the States, we lived in Michigan for a bit and then came, came down here in 2006. And uh, when Joe opened up, it, it was just one of those things. It was like, oh my God, this is the closest thing to a true public house. And it is. You, know, you, you have community tables. You can sit down and I've met more friends here. Uh, you, you sit down and, and people are all accommodating and you know, several generations. So you can be having conversations with you know, three or four generations, you know, having a nice pint of ale. Some of the, the best food is it's a, a, a simple menu, but one of the best menus around yeah, and Kimberly uh, the other half of this operation she's totally yeah. responsible for all the food so she went to, she went to school in Cambridge so part of going to school in Cambridge is you have to hang out in the local pubs of course. so she has she had a lot of input as to proper decorating of the pub to make people feel comfortable and her soups and stews and sandwiches are just I think obviously I think they're the best in town but we get good reviews and reference to that also but yeah uh, Kimberly is uh, a big, big reason behind the entire pub here. Ken Kimberly's his wife too. Okay, so he he does have to say that, but he doesn't have to say it. But no, she she does a, a great job, and, and and the food is fantastic. I mean, they make their own bread, they make their own soups. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So this, you know, when you talk about supporting you know local community, you know, small business, mm-hmm. you know, this this is what I, I love about it. Yeah. And, and you know, I started my business to support other businesses too. It's you know supporting small. Small businesses, so. And we're pretty small here. We, <laughs> yeah, the fire marshal lets me have 45, 45 people in, but we only a, have 33 seats. So. It's, a very, it's a large building, but what, what, are we underneath something? or? No, yes, this is basically a basement. So anytime the weather's bad, I always encourage people to come hang out here because it's, this building's not going anywhere. Um, but this was this building was the start of the Rutherford County Creamery Association in 1913, and so this is part of that property and part of the build out. So you'll see all types of concrete on the wall. This is the old walk-in cooler where they would take ice blocks up to keep the cooler cold to keep the cheese cool when they were making cheese here. 1920, they sold 700,000 pounds of butter out of this location. Wow. So that was their peak production. But they were still selling cheese here through the 1980s. Um, where we're putting the brewery in is the old boiler room. So if you go into the, the brew, lo- brew area, 
you'll see the walls are all, the bricks covered in the silver dust, which we scrubbed and scrubbed and couldn't get off. And that's coal dust because there were coal-fired boilers back in the day. So oh. the building definitely has some character here. That's cool. So, so you mentioned a brewery, and I, I think we, you've alluded to it, but so tell us a little bit more about the brewery. What's going to be the, the focus of the beer you're brewing and, and what's you know size of the system, all, all that fun stuff? Well, it's a seven-barrel system. We have uh, three seven-barrel fermenters. Uh, my first beer is going to be an English-style brown. If you're familiar with, like, Newcastle, you know, something very drinkable, but still very approachable to the general public. Um, we're doing mostly English-style beers, so we'll be doing a bitter, uh, ordinary bitter and a best bitter. We'll also be doing uh, some English IPAs, more herbal, you know, with like East Kent Golding Tops. But, you know, I'm a hophead, too. I love double IPAs, so we do, we'll be doing some West Coast styles as well. But uh, we're, we're, we want to keep uh, the not only the theme, but the, the type of beer that will introduce kind of a, a, a new community to craft beer. You know, they're just kind of getting their feet wet with craft beer. Yeah. So it has to be approachable um, to, to everyone. Transition beers. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mur- Murfreesboro is, is definitely, and that's what I've seen over the years I've been here. I mean, it's still in transition, you know, just like you know, most of Tennessee. Uh, and and you know, places like this have, have really, really helped uh, you know, bring you know, your people who are, you know, only know beer is a certain thing and, and they had no idea you know, that you could have all these different flavors, you know, so many different styles. And that's, that's the fun thing about craft beer and, and you know, one of the biggest reasons to support uh, craft, small craft breweries is because there's so many you know, brewers coming up with so many wild and, and, and great things. Like sour pickle beers. So, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> Briar Scratch. Yeah, yeah, we, we have you know, Briar Scratch beer. I had, that was my first one in here today. Uh, yeah, it's a cucumber uh, Berliner. Uh, and, and Joe serves it with a dill pickle. Uh, you know, Why not? I think I'm going to have to have that before. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah, yeah. It's, awesome. It's, oh, yeah, it's, it's yeah, fan, fantastic beer. And, and, you know, it, but, but the man off the street is not going to walk in and say, give me the Berliner with, you know, the sour cucumber Berliner. No. not that, yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, that turned a lot of people off when I put that on the Facebook page. But that was kind of the joy of putting it up there to start with. Well, it, it's, it's kind of, kind of a yeah, challenge. I mean, th- that is the, the funnest thing about the, the craft beer community is, is because you know, there, there are no boundaries now. When, when I lived in England, uh, you know, American beer was the laughing stock. Over there, yeah. And now the Europeans are looking at the American brewers and saying, like, why, why didn't we think of that? How could we never yeah, thought about? Yeah, it? we're the new they, Belgium. Yeah, yeah. And, and and so you know, part of you know what what I wanted to foster with with my company is making sure these small craft beer you know, breweries keep coming up with new stuff. I, I tell people, I said that the you know, the the good old days of beer are now, and as long as as we you know think about when we're spending our money and we're buying beers. Think where the beer's coming from, and you support these local brewers. You know, a hundred years from now, if we keep on supporting local brewers like this, and you have like right now five thousand brewers in the United States, or breweries in the United States, yeah. you know, think about what they'll come up with in the next hundred years. Or if, if we let it go back to the days, you know, the nineteen seventies, where there's three or four breweries controlling everything, think what you'll be brewing. Yep. So you know, it's you know what I kind of look at it that way, and it's like you know, you know. You know, in 100 years from now, what will we be drinking if we keep supporting Well, this? we're getting there because yeah, we have, um, you know, back in my day, when you would go out, when I became of age, 18 was the, was the age back then, you'd go out and drink Budweiser or Pabst or whatever. We have people that have birthday parties here. They're turning 21. It's like, well, what's your first beer going to be? Founder's Breakfast Stout. It's like, what? How did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My, my first beer ever was Tommyknocker's Ornery Amber Ale. Oh, there you go. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I had a guy, it was my first beer I'd ever had. I was a good kid. I didn't drink until I was 21. I know it's weird. But, um, but I had a friend um, say, I'm not letting you start on crap beer. You've got to start with something good. We're going to start you with this. And he handed that to me. That, that is fantastic. I, my, my first beer, you know, I, I wasn't as good as you. you know, I, I was <laughs> 15 years, years old in... in uh, I forget what it was something out of a can, and you know drank too many of them. It was wasn't a good story. Yeah. But but I always remember it's like when I was I, I used to like uh, you know uh, like stories you know Robin Hood and, and things like that. And when I'd hear about you know fat friars drinking drinking ale, 
and the what I conjured up in my mind and what I was tasting out of this can weren't the same thing. So yeah. I, I never really drank beer until I got old enough that I was in my 20s and I, I moved to England and started drinking Cascade real beer. Old, yeah. yeah. yeah and, and, really and, old. Then I was like, wow, this is, this is what I imagined it, it was and I've been hooked ever since. Yeah. So I expect every time you come in you should get Fuller's London Pride then. I, well, I, I should, but, <laughs> but also when, 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 I, when I was over there, you know, my, my favorite was, was, was actually Timothy Taylor's Landlord. You know, we were up in Yorkshire, and, and Fuller's London Pride was, that was a southern beer, so you know, we were up in Yorkshire. So, yeah, yeah. So Plenty of Newcastle up that way, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. This, this place kind of reminds me of, I mean, it's a little bit different kind of style, but you know, similar vibe of, and back in Knoxville, there's a Union Jacks, um, English pub. Yeah. And, um, not, not nearly as smoky yeah, as well, Union Jacks. No, it's, it's not smoky now. <laughs> but it still smells. It, it, it does smell like smoke. <laughs> You're right. But uh, it's that's where I learned. That's where that's where I learned about beer. And then, of course, when I when I started drinking, um, um, the the craft like kind of like boom hadn't hadn't happened yet. So we were like we were like. 21, 22, and all we want to do is get what what, what was a cool thing from England, cool thing from Ireland. But we were drinking uh, London Pride, and we were drinking um, like stuff uh, like Hobgoblin was one of our favorites. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. And so we'd come we'd come to uh, that Union Jacks, and I thought I kind of look at this place and go, oh, that's kind of similar. I think some young 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 kids going to come in and, and it's just just discovering craft beer, and it's going to come here, and it's going to. Instead of London Pride, they're going to be drinking Black Abbey. They're going to be drinking a lot of the local yeah, stuff. Black Abbey yeah. is a, yeah. a big seller for yeah. us because it is kind of an it's a, it's a dark beer, but it's not heavy, you know. So it doesn't have as much of roasted malt bitterness as a you know mm-hmm. stout or a porter has. But uh, so that is it's, a, it's been a great beer for us. Uh, Carl Meyer beer. that owns the Black Abbey up in Nashville, he's a friend of mine, and uh, I've had his beer on since since he opened. Um, so. Uh, Looks like you got what about a dozen taps or more? I got there are sixteen taps. Sixteen taps. Yeah. Um, how, how many going to be dedicated to your beer when you? Well, or? we're just going to start with the one, the one house beer. The one house beer. Okay. Eventually, we'll have four beers uh, oh, on nice. tap. So yeah, we'll have a, you know mostly English styles, but we'll do we'll do some experimental uh, beers on one of the taps. But yeah. Are you going to distribute awesome. it in or just going in the house? Just locally within the county. I don't plan to get out of the county. We're seven barrels. You really can't. Make enough to, to get outside of Rutherford. That's, see, uh, a lot of people talk about the, the craft beer bubble and, uh, and oversaturation of the market, but people don't realize that's what people are going toward is that inner county distributing. Yep. Where hyper local. Hyper hyper local, and, and, and you're going to have a craft beer, but it's not going to be distributed across the. I mean, you want it to be distributed, but you want to bring good beer in as, as your job, but also um, it's kind of cool to have that. Like I would love to, the fact that only could get the Green Dragon in Murfreesboro, and I would make a special trip to do so. Yep, that's well. That's we want to. Obviously, we can't brew the most. We want want to brew the best beer in the area, and uh, then you know when, when we get our systems uh, honed in, you might say, then we think it'll you know business will come with brewing the best beer. Well, it's it's a great idea that's a thousand years old. I mean, yeah. you know, bring you know, bring, bring, bring in beer. You know, you know, having local breweries, and you know, you know, if you look at a thousand years ago, I mean, that was the only way to have beer, or or you had beer that would travel. I mean, you know, IPAs were made to, to travel around, yeah. and and so you know, now with you know what we have in, in logistics and technology, you can have the best of both worlds. So you know, we will have the the hyper local breweries. But then also we'll be bringing in other stuff, and, and that's where you get a lot of inspiration and ideas. Yep. And that's you know, one of the things that, that we try and do is, is like, you know, I'm very, very choosy when I, I pick a brewery, is trying to make sure, you know, if it is out of state, make sure it's very, very good, you know, one of the best you can have. And it, it kind of you know, raises the bar. But then also when I take on Tennessee breweries too, it's just like, wow, these are really good, and let's let's get them out and you know outside of their their little town mm-hmm. and let other people try them. Yeah, and, like Jighead, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Jig Jighead and Red Silo, two yeah. of them out out of Cookville. These these guys are doing fantastic. And Ed's been so successful that when I was uh, when he was building out his place, he knew I was going to be brewing on site here, and it's like. 
Well, hey, Joe, if you need to keep some cakes cold, just bring them over, and we have plenty of cooler space. And I asked him, like, last month, hey, what, that cooler space, what about it? He's like, sorry, it's all full. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that, that does happen. So, yeah, yeah. So, 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 Ed, you mentioned determining what the best beer is. Now, you've got some authority in that, don't you? Well, yeah, I mean, being, being a distributor, you, you, you pick and choose. I mean, yeah. I, you know, without, I mean, beyond that, you've got some education. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a level two Cicerone, and okay. I, I, I don't publicize that a, a whole lot. But, okay. um, you know, I've been around the industry. You know, my, my day job for 30 years was an industrial engineer. Mm. Uh, but I learned a lot during that on supplier development, logistics, and, and a lot of things that, the, that really apply to the craft beer industry. Oh, yeah. So when, when I started my distributorship, you know, there's a few criteria. It's like, okay, you know, all my stuff is, is going to be refrigerated. So 100% of our product is refrigerated. I, I, I built my distributorship to really appeal to, to breweries. Yeah. Uh, is, you know, that, I mean, that's, you know, having your portfolio, that's key to having a distributorship. So, you know, I, I keep the beer cold. Uh, I understand and practice FIFO or first in, first out logistics. So keep the beer very, very yeah. fresh. And then I'm, I'm a level two Cicerone, so I really know beer. I've, I've, I ran into so many people. It's like, well, the distributors here and here in town, they don't really understand beer. It's like, well, I, I know a few things about beer. I'm, I've been a home brewer <laughs> a for, thir- for 30 years. My brother has a brewery. I helped him out in Ohio. Um, you know, I've, I've entered contests. I've won a, you know, awards. So I, I know beer, and I, I tell people, I said, you know, I could have went the brewery route, but we have 5,000 brewers, but we've really diminished how many distributors we have. So you know, I, I look at myself and said, I'll, I'll take one for the team. Uh, I'm the Mother Teresa of, of distributors. So like, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like a safe haven for So you don't uh, care about profit? Is that what you're saying? No. That would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'm signing with you today. Yeah, no, we're a capitalist society, so, so, so we, we do it's, need it's, profits. It's, it's yeah. called conscious capitalism. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it, 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 it is important to, to make a buck, but, but also, you know, I, I do make it, you know, I'm you know, real particular, you know, picking the breweries so that, you know, it's really, really good liquid. Yeah. But, but then also breweries who really aren't looking, you know, there's, there's, several breweries out there that, you know, they, they model themselves just to be bought out and, and they basically feed the evil empire and we won't discuss who that is. We all know, but it, it's a few. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it's, you know, I, I pick them, you know, to really you know, promote, you know, these, these, you know, small American entrepreneurs. It's, it's about in, in whether it's in state or out of state, you know, it, it doesn't quite matter as much to me. You know, I, I want, you know, I want to promote Tennessee brewers. But I also want to promote those those other brewers who aren't getting a fair shake in you know neighboring states. Yeah, so I was I was talking to a friend of mine who does distributorship. We had him on the last podcast, and he was talking about how, uh, like when they when their their company decides to, to get the beer in and and um, it's out of state, and they look at the distance, and they look at the travel, and they look at the way they can get it in, and and they literally will say no to somebody, or, or um, that. They know that if it's not the right fit, and, oh yeah, and, yeah. and oh, we can't get your beer in time to keep it fresh. And do you, do you have to make those decisions too? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, when when I because of my background in, with the automotive, I, I, I learned a lot from. We are supplier to Toyota, you know, all, all the big three, you know, all, all automotive. Sure. And and when one things we learned is is like you know making a, a milk run. So when I set up with breweries, I'll go into a region. And try and pick from a region so I can fill up one reefer truck and, and bring it back. So you, you don't have to take you know 120 days worth of beer from one brewery. I'll go up into one area and I'll, I'll have three or four breweries. And what I try and do is keep my my inventory so I turn it around like 30 days. And that's not only good business, but it's also for good beer. Yeah. So it keeps it keeps the beer fresh. Keep the inventory so, yeah, low. It's good business practice, and it's good for the yeah. good for the bars too. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I mean, there's, there's a lot goes into it. It's difficult to do. To, I mean, it's a lot of balancing, uh, but it can be done. And I'm also trying to partner with other small distributors. You know, kind of making a network of these small distributors, and, and that's how you you go up against some of the you know the larger globals. Is you basically make a co-op, and yeah. you know, I mean. 
you know, could, could be worse ways to make a buck in, a, in this world. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, you see that in other, other industries, like pharmacies for entering into, into this. You see like a network of pharmacies or a network of uh, uh, like small hardware stores or whatever. Well, and you see some breweries banding together also. And, 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 kind of together, guys, yeah. and like, uh, like, and we were talking about um, in our in our hometown in Knoxville that love. Um, there's breweries banding together, helping helping each other brew and doing things together. Because I mean, if you think about it, is um, if that that beer is um, advertising for the entire city, it's going to help out everybody. If like if that if, like if you guys do a good job here, it's going to help out May Day. It's going to help out. It's going to help out um, um, where uh, the. Uh, the burger, the burger restaurant. I forgot where we went. All Jack already. Browns. Jack, Jack Browns. 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 Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it's almost, it's very symbiotic. But it's building craft. I mean, right. The national average is around fifteen percent of the population drink craft beer on a regular basis. In, in Tennessee, we're more like about seven percent, six percent, depending what community you go into. Yeah, we're Coors Light, Bud Light around here. Yeah. Yeah, so you know, a big part of our, our job is, is really expanding that demographic. I mean, you, we would love to see that demographic at, at 50%. Not, yeah. It's not going to happen overnight, yeah. but it, it happens with places like, like Joe's here. It, it's funny, you know, I've ran into people here that it, you, you would never think they would be in here. We've brought friends in, and, and they're not really beer people. It's like, I don't like beer. It's like, okay, Joe, these people don't like beer. Yeah. And then you know, Joe starts asking the questions. Well, what do you like? What don't you like? And, and, and then yes. Yeah. Yep. And then you start finding out. Oh, you know, they, they with I like this. kombucha or lambics. You oh know, yeah, I mean, yeah. There's, there's everybody likes beer. They just don't know that they like. They don't know which beer they like. Right. I, I show people. I ask people what flavors they like. Not, not in beer in general. Yes. Like if you start, if you start there and like, oh, I. I think they're that are buttery. I'm like, well, I got this beer for you. Or, I mean, you can if you just start somebody's flavor palette to, uh, to begin with, you can find them a beer. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. So. Just takes asking the right question. Oh yeah. yeah. And you, you, one thing I learned long ago, and I tell my salespeople also, is that you, you want to make sure you don't start a you know somebody who doesn't like beer or is a you know a, a light beer you know domestic beer drinker. You don't start them out with a double IPA. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. No. So, so barrel aged yeah. imperial stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but but those are so good. <laughs> I said you graduate to that. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it is a journey, and I mean, yeah. you know, I you know, I've been learning and, and just opening up this you know, for for a long time when I was home brewing and not doing what I'm doing now. I got kind of into this pigeonhole of you know I like IPAs all just like the national you know trend. I like IPAs. I got into brewing those and developing those, but opening up this business is you know really taking me back several steps. And oh yeah, you know, you know a great pilsner, you know, I mean a very very well done pilsner is fantastic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, and then finding some of these you know very you know we we do we we tout ourselves. Our tagline is delivering liquid art, and that's really what we believe. And yes. and we are beer, mead, cider, and kombucha. So you know we have alcoholic beverages like kombucha beer, Unity Vibration kombucha beer, which is gluten-free, vegan, and it's seven percent. Hello, yeah, it's kombucha, but it's seven percent. I didn't know you could get kombucha that high ABV. I, I always you can figured get it, it was the like Green really Dragon. Small. The Green Dragon keeps on tap all the time. Yes, eight uh, percent. Yeah, yeah. We, we have the old one before we go because that'll give you. Yeah, oh yeah, it's really really good. Kombucha yeah. gives you energy too, right? Oh, it's it, it is one of the, the healthiest alcoholic drinks you could have. Oh, wow. Yeah, it, it, it really is. And and there's a whole market out there for that. Uh, you know, the way ciders are coming around. We we have great, you know, local southern ciders, noble cider. Uh, you know, it's it's you know, really trying to expand people and showing what what people can do, what's out there. And, and like I said earlier, you know, these people are coming up with some really great stuff. Um, yeah, so, so with that said, that's awesome. Well, um, we're going to take a little break, and um, when we come back, we'll, we'll have a little more, more with you guys. So. Sounds great. Sounds All right. good? Thank you. Thank you. So we're back. Thank you, guys. Um, this is awesome. And um, I am really excited about this beer. This is the Cucumber Sour, Joe, yep. that you mentioned earlier. Briar Scratch. Brad Singleton made that. And um, I am really, really excited. I think Briar Scratch got some, got some ties to Knoxville. I know some friends of mine in Knoxville have. I think uh, Brad went to school there. Yeah. 
They know, they know him very well. Like fresh cucumber. Yes, it you can taste. It doesn't taste like a pickle, even though you've got a pickle in it. It tastes like, like you said, like a fresh cucumber. A little bit of a sour note, which I guess technically would be what it's a, it's a Berliner is. Yeah. Yeah, Berliner yeah, it's a Berliner Weiss. So man, this is good. This is really good. Really good beer. Yeah. Actually, we had a, a bicyclist come in today. You know, Joe was talking about you know he's, he's Joe's a biker also. You know, bicyclist. Yeah, yeah, a cyclist. Yeah, yeah bicycle or something. Yeah. <laughs> what about <laughs> unicycles? Do you ride those? Exactly. Yeah, we well, accept <laughs> unicycles here. Okay. Okay. Is there a Harley Davidson bike night here at this point? No. Uh, <laughs> no, no. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you have to you have to pedal these to come in, but you know, we're we're right next to. What about Nazgul nights? We actually have a, a Nazgul flight, which is a flight of nine. And it's shaped like a wing. It's a flight. Actually, if we get one, if we get one of these. I mean, it, it 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 is pretty cool because there's certain sounds that happen when those fly in. It, I mean, yeah, it's it's pretty cool. That's pretty wait, awesome. Wait, wait, when they fly in, there's like something special <laughs> for it too. There, yeah, we do we do stuff for the Nazgul flight. Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> makes me really excited. I yeah. feel like we need to order this. But it could happen. So, but then, anyways, we're we're right next to the the Greenway, which is a a, a trail system uh, along Stones River, okay. you know, in Murfreesboro. So, uh, cyclists can come up, and there well, the first beer is half first beer is half price. Yep. Yeah, I should know that because I've done it several times. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, I mean, it's just a, a great thing because Joe's Joe's yeah, a cyclist. Yeah, got a cyclist right behind us. Right, 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 yes. Yeah. Hey. Uh, Carrie's also a regular. Yes. <laughs> so, anyways, I, I, that beer right there is actually a perfect cycling beer. I mean, a Berliner. Yes, yeah, low ABV and yeah. just very refreshing. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. Yeah. All sorts of good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Joe Joe does have you know one of the best gambits of a beer here. I mean, you, you'll always find something new and different different here. Well, thank you. Yeah. yeah. And and a. Fair bit of our, our beers here too, so I, I do I do appreciate that. So. That's only because they're really good. <laughs> well, it, yeah, yeah. Distributor, you had to have a good product sales, and you had to have good people to sell it, right? Absolutely. Uh, oh yeah, most most definitely. I mean, in one of those those things that I, I I strive to do is is try to be known as you know when, when we come in, you know, people can trust us, and, and even if we don't have a sample, and say, okay, trust us on this. You want this on on your menu. Yeah. And, and try it. Yeah, that's because of Ed's palate. It's really good. I, going to the trust, kind of going on the same side of the, of the, of the trust issue. Um, I was wanting to get your opinion on some on a hot topic in the craft beer world. Um, the uh, craft beer seal by the Brewers Association, as a as a as yeah the independent as a independent like uh, uh, distributor. How do, how do you feel that's going to ch- change your sales or uh, affect your marketing? Well, well act- actually, uh, I'm, I'm trying to make sure that all my, my brewers, all my brewers are independent, but they all haven't uh, subscribed to get the seal yet. So I'm in the process of making sure that all of them get their seal so that we can say that you know, 100% of our brewers are independent. That's what I strive to do. We, we don't do, yeah, we, we don't have any, any imports. I, any more today, there's not a reason to import. I mean, there's there's great import. There's great European beers. We we support our, our brethren overseas who are you know small brewers, uh, but right now there's there's not a reason to. So you know, we, but we're really just supporting American independent brewers. You know, these are guys who don't want to sell out to big corporations. They're into making great beer and they're supporting their families that way. It's you know small business you know, America. I mean, it's, it's the American dream. Yeah, and I, it's beer. I, 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 don't I mean, see what, anyone, what could be wrong with that? <laughs> I don't see why anyone would not support the seal. You know, as far as what we do, Ed, you and I. Um, I mean, obviously the big bad boys are they're fighting it. Yeah. But, well, but do you think it's going to change the perception of the um, the, the Joe Six Pack guy that walks in there and I mean not Joe Six Pack, but sees it in the grocery store or is buying your product uh, at a tap or tap room and they they see that or they recognize that. That beer as being certified or it's, what? It's, it's all about education. The, yeah. the more people get educated, and, and that's one of the things that, that we try to do is, is just have people look a little bit where the breweries come from. Because you know, because the the, uh, the the global breweries now, I mean, they see that you know uh, craft craft beer is not going away. So you know they've done a, a really good job of picking up breweries uh, 
I'll say assimilate him, not not to say uh, you know, Star Trek term, but uh, you know, basically bring him into the fold and, and market him in his craft. Now, I always tell people, I said, if it's advertised usually on, on TV or, or something like that, it's probably really what I would say, you know, pseudo craft. I, I, it's great that they are promoting different styles of beer, so I, I can't fault the big boys for, for doing that. Um, but what, what I... I don't like is some of the practices of trying to squash out small small breweries. And, you know, the the big globals have had a, a stranglehold on beer for the, the, you know ever since prohibition, and they've grown and grown and grown, and they've done great job or great strides in, in quality control to make a really good product. But uh, they also you know, they like that that market share, and they don't want to give it up. It's all about shelf space. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, th- I think the Brewers Association, if if we if we had the budget, it would be really fantastic to really promote that seal because a lot of consumers are like Ten Barrel or Elysium. They don't realize they're owned by you know Anheuser Busch and Bev. So if the Brewers Association somehow could promote the seal, and if people really care, they won't really want to buy craft beer. They'll be they'll look for that seal. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping to hoping to see signage in stores, mm-hmm. like buy distributors and buy um, brewing companies that really kind of points people that way. Because I think it's a game changer in the fact that it can really influx or influence people's decision at the point of putting it in their buggy or putting taking it home. And so I was like, I was just wanting to get a distributors and okay, okay cool, I got the distributors and the um, and the sellers kind of point of view on that. Well, yeah, yeah there's. There's not a ton of distributors like, like myself. I mean, because it is tough when, you, when you're going up against somebody who has you know really big brands that pay the bills. It, it is is kind of tough going against those. Um, but the more we get ed- people educated on it, I I think it will make a, a, a big difference. So yeah, I'm I'm hoping it is. You know, we'll promote it. You know, more and more, especially as, as all my brewers actually have the seal, so I can legally sit there and say 100% of mine are independent. Uh, and, and then, you know, hopefully more people will look, look for that seal and make an educated decision and say, okay, I, I want my dollars going to these guys because, you know, this is a small family in, you know, they're, they're in Cookville or, or they, they could be in Marshall, Michigan, and they're supporting their families by, by brewing and, and making really, really good product. You know, that's, that's key. You know, that's, that's my part of the obligation is, is making sure, you know, every beer that I sell I, I taste and, and test, and I have my, my whole staff taste and test them. So, you know, tough job. People always make jokes about it. It's like, <laughs> so you taste beer for a living. So, yeah, 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 I, I do. Such a sacrifice for a job. I did, I did a, uh, I did a uh, tour at a, uh, a Nola uh, Brewing Company in uh, New Orleans. My yeah. wife is from New Orleans, and great brewery, great, yeah. fun time. Had to get, get a behind-the-scenes tour of it, and um, I had the Rebirth uh, uh, Pell Ale. And the, re- the whole kind of concept behind that rebirth parallel was the uh, that um, pro- pro- it was kind of the rebirth of New Orleans and stuff. And the whole the proceeds of that beer went to um, after school music funds for kids, so to teach kids how to play instruments and stuff like that. And the and the the, the, the head brewer was given the tour and said, if you if you came out the come out to the brewery or or hang out at the bar and you have one too many rebirths, at least you know your purchase. And you and you wake up the next morning, you have a headache. At least you know your purchase. Um, oh yeah. Bought a kid a tuba, maybe. <laughs> uh, like, yeah. <laughs> and so like, but but so I actually take that one step further. Like when I drink at my lo- local craft brewery, just like you said, like I'm drinking at my local craft brewery. I, I probably like I'm helping sending my my friend's kid to college. Absolutely. I'm, I'm helping send it, I'm helping feed feed my friend's family. Uh, my yeah. And helping out the community when you do you're, so. You're supporting the local economy, too. Yeah. I mean, granted, there are distributors within the local economy that we help support just by buying any beer. But but when it comes down to people like Tennessee Craft Beer or you guys, like, I mean, it, it really makes a, makes a big difference to actually have... Um, n- to know that your money is going somewhere local. Yeah, and it's employees are from our brew club. Local. You know, they oh, sit yeah, here. Yeah. They're great guys. They know how to represent this product properly. Awesome. And it's yeah. it's 
he's, yeah. but he's not he, he's not going to distribute a beer that but that nobody buys in town too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like if he goes to if you go to a, a local tap room and nobody's there after after a couple of times, you're you're, never, you're probably going to think twice about distributing that beer. Oh, oh yeah, I mean you know so you know, we just celebrated our one year anniversary yesterday, yeah. September first, <laughs> and, and cheers, uh, yeah cheers, yeah, cheers. Yeah, cheers. Uh, awesome. yeah we uh, we we started out with. Uh, Four breweries, and and now we're we're up to uh, to a lot eleven, and you know, part of going through that is, is seeing you know uh, what beers are going to stay. You know, certain things stay, certain things don't, and it's it's you. Know, I've I've learned a lot of, over the last year of, about you know as we're transitioning people you know, from mass beer to, to local beers, you know, what beers stick, what, what beers do well, and making sure that, you know, if, if I put a beer in Joe's place, that beer turns really quick. Yeah, it, it, I, I tell my salespeople all the time, I said, if, if we put a, a beer there in, at the Green Dragon and, and they can blow a, a, a half barrel in a couple of days, you're going to get a reorder. If it takes a month, not, not going to happen. So you're finding out the clientele, find out what, what people like, making sure you have really, really good product. I mean, that, that yeah, is because, all Because Ed carries the top quality products, his yours might be a little bit more expensive, but you have to consider not only profit margin, but terms. If you buy a keg really cheap and it sits there for a month, you're not making money, any money. So you have to figure out well, how, many, how many times we're going to turn this keg. So that makes a big difference. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a, a lot on the business end that goes into this. I mean, it's... Yeah, it's it's one of those things where it, you know there's there's a lot of you know really fun stuff about the beer industry, which is going out and checking out the, the product. But I mean, it is business, and so you you also have to figure out the logistics. You you know there's a lot of financing going on. Uh, so, but I mean that that's what that's what's fun, and and, and it's a great community of people too. Very supportive people. Well, well, that's the thing I've, I've always been drawn to in the beer community, especially since we've started learning more about it doing this podcast, is that the community makes a big difference. In the, the community surrounding um, the breweries and everything, like the brewers, the families, the distributors, everybody has a very um, symbiotic relationship, but also a very, um, very strong, I guess, brotherhood. I, I can't think of the right term right now, but like... They have that very good camaraderie. That's the word I'm looking for. Very good camaraderie that you don't find in a lot of other industries where it's a really an us versus them. Even in the distributor side, I'm sure you've seen, like, it's not all about, oh, gosh, these guys again. It's like, oh, well, they're carrying that beer. You should talk to them versus the cutthroatness. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, we, we have found that a lot. We, uh, they just finished up last week was the... Uh, the uh, Southern Brewers Conference, conference. conference. Yeah. and so I, I was up in, in Nashville, and, and when uh, they had their, their closing after hours meetings, you know, meeting up with other distributors, uh, you know, craft distributors, and in some of the breweries. I mean, the, the beer you're drinking. I, I was, yeah, I got to try that. Uh, you know, I was drinking with Brad last yeah. last week, and he this had a little growler, right? But, this is Cottonwood? Uh, no, Briar Scratch. Briar Scratch. Briar Scratch. They're in Cotton yeah. Town, Tennessee. Yeah, Cotton Town. Cotton Town. Yeah. I heard Cotton Town, <laughs> yeah. Briar Scratch. And, and gotcha. so, so you know, Cottonwood is a pumpkin ale made by, uh, uh, what is that? I think Cottonwood Pumpkin. Is that, that's like a, uh, what is that? I can't remember. Whatever. <laughs> this yeah. is why we're the Humble Beer Podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but actually, I got to try that. Brad had a growler up, up there for the after party, and I tried it. And then I walked in today, and I saw it on there. It's like, oh, you know, I don't distribute the beer, yeah. but but it's like you know, Brad makes a great product. He has a, a small brewery up there. You know, in, in what he's doing up there is fantastic, so I, I got to support it. It's, yeah. it's, we're going to be brewing here hopefully next week. we got our final electoral uh going in but i have friends i've got two friends that are really close to opening their own breweries they're pretty close by but they're always in hanging out we're sharing ideas it is truly a community so so that brings up a great question then so you said you got a few friends brewing close by um later today we're going to mayday brewing right um you know and of course you guys are getting ready to start brewing it sounds like who else in the area or how many breweries do we have now and how many do we expect to have here just in Murfreesboro in the next, like, year? Well, we have a couple, a couple that are really close. Panther Creek Brewing, uh, Jeremy Taylor and his, his group. Uh, Melvin works for Ed, and uh, Melvin's part of the group also. But um, they're, they're going to be opening up fairly close to our location, I'd say within a half a mile. Uh, then there's Overall Brewing, which is uh, Ryan Stiegel and Matt Warris. 
they're going to do a farmhouse style brewery a little bit out of town. So those guys are getting really close, and we have other other home brewers brewers that are going to be joining in too. Who's that? Smack Dab's really close too. They were actually at the awesome. uh, Brewers Conference Great last week. Yeah, yeah. So we're we're finally getting there. It's, it's kind of like Nashville. It took Nashville a while to catch on, and now they're really exploding with number of new breweries. And Murfreesboro is obviously we're a town of what 120,000 or something. Uh, but we are a college town and that helps us, yeah. helps our sales and mm-hmm. helps uh, people that want to try new and different things. But uh, it's, it's come along pretty well. It's great. So I like, I guess uh, um, it's, get, it's getting, getting, getting ready to get, go to May Day time. But so, um, but well, I was going to kind of see like, where do you guys see your businesses um, in the next five, 10 years? And where do you see Murf- Murfreesboro? As a beer town. Oh, it's hard to tell. I mean, every, all of my friends that have opened commercial breweries already, um, I've like Mill Creek Brewing. They're doubling capacity this year. It's, 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 it's crazy. Yeah, so they, they just got a, in 120 barrel fermenters. Um, but it's, it's hard to tell. What All we can really do as far as uh, the Green Dragon is focus on what we do best, and we, we're going to make really good beer and see where that takes us. Uh, our focus is always going to be on the community. Selling in-house, selling growlers, you know, in the tap room here. And uh, I have friends that own restaurants in the area, so we're going to start a small distribution uh, with those guys. But uh, we're just going to focus on quality, and uh, hopefully we'll, we'll uh, you know, obviously we're a really small place. Uh, we have a, we have ideas about putting a deck out back, and we have ideas about what we need to do to expand. But uh, just going to focus on the basics and see where we go. Great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for us, I mean, just you know, we'll we'll continue to uh, expand our portfolio, but judiciously and, and really, you're just keeping the, the emphasis on really, really good beer, uh, and expand our footprint and, and really grow our brands. Uh, keep on partnering with with other uh, craft distributors, and uh, yeah, I, I just you know, just keep. I, I want to see that uh, demographic of Tennessee. Uh, Drinkers going from six or seven percent craft drinkers. You know, I'd love to see it up there at twenty percent, twenty-five percent. So, that's my dream. Very cool. Very yeah. cool. And then final question, I guess. We're gonna do the final question. I guess so. Wrap it up. Do, do you want to ask it, or do you want me I to? I can ask it. You can ask it. Whatever. Okay. All oh, right. Okay. <laughs> Did you have something else? No, I'm good. Okay. Ed. Final question for you. We like to wrap up the podcast with this question. Joe will ask you to. Um, what's in your beer fridge right now? <laughs> oh, wow. I mean, the, the majority of it is, of course, from uh, my portfolio. Uh, yeah, I've, I've, I have a lot of uh, new Jig Head beers and Red Silo beers, the, the two locals that we have. Uh, Dark Horse is, is our, our flagship. Uh, and then... Good God, I, I have Unity Vibration. Um, we have Hop and Frog. One, one of our, our true, true gems is Hop and Frog out of Akron, Ohio. And these guys have been uh, in Rate Beers, top 100 brewers for the past 10 years. They've been open for 10 years, and then Rate Beers, top 100 brewers in the world 10 years straight. From, Ak- from Akron? Home of the Black Keys. Well, yes. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm going up there for Fred's wedding here so soon, yeah. so I'm... Uh, yeah, the, the owner, Fred, was just here for the Eclipse a couple weeks ago. That's we awesome. got to hang out a little bit. And uh, they're, they're brewing some beers that are on a different level. It's, it, they're, they're a bit pricey, but they are just exquisite beers. Uh, as a matter of fact, I, I told Joe, I said, I'm bringing a special special bottle of uh, Crown Royal Age Boris over to him. That's Imperial. <laughs> That'll be a nice addition uh, to my Yeah, friend. yeah. So uh, we, we had... I, I was, so many different beers, you know, that you know, uh, the beer fridge is, is, is packed. You know. I bet. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Joe, same question. Well, KBS, I've got a couple of um, Yazoo Embrace the Funk beers, which if you haven't had their Embrace the Funk, it's fantastic. I've got their Du Rouges and Cherry Du Rouges. We just picked that up last week. I've got a Wicked Weed Red Angel, I think. Then I got a whole bunch of samples because we get visited by nine different distributors during the week. Uh, so that's that's actually how we decide what to put on tap the next week. We go through the samples and you know we pick and choose what we like. That's some hard and, work. Oh, it's terrible, man. 
but we've got four permanent taps and we have 12 taps we rotate, so we rotate a lot of beer through those taps. But uh, yeah, somebody has to do it. And, I mean, cool. let's say that the, um, one of the reasons why we started the podcast is that we can tell our wives we're, we're doing research. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Every time we go out, it's research it's band. It's a write-off, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I guess, well, I mean, anything left to, left to say? Um, thank you. Yeah, thank I mean, you we're really, thank you for having us well, out. Coming out to the Green Dragon. We appreciate um, it. Where can we get your products at? Like, in, in, like Oh, in, 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 I mean... Most of the the local bottle shops, liquor stores, you know, we're we're not in a, in a whole lot of grocery stores now, so you, you don't see us in, in the big box grocery stores. But you know, right here in Murfreesboro, you know, Stone River Total Beverage, Murfreesboro Wine and Spirits, uh, you know, the the wine cellar, all all the the small locals. That's that's where you'll you'll find us. Okay. You know, in Nashville, you know, we are in in uh, Whole Foods. We're in the turnip trucks. Uh, up, up there, so you know, we keep on getting deeper and deeper. But then, you know, all the, the local pubs too, you know, like places like Joe's. So yeah, we're yeah. kind of the uh, testing ground for beers you might want to buy in Stones River Total Beverage or someplace like that. So people come in and try his beers here, and if they like it, they go buy a four pack or a six pack. Excellent. Excellent. So, um, where, for people who not um, don't know where you're at, where are you located at here in North <laughs> Well, uh, it's uh, in Murfreesboro, a lot of people know it as the old Creamery building since it opened in 1913 originally. But we're uh, West Main Street across from the train depot. We like to say we're on the wrong side of the tracks. Awesome. So, social media-wise, is there anywhere somebody should look for you or a website? Like, like For us, Green Dragon, Green Dragon Public House Facebook page is okay. where we do most of our advertising. We do a little bit with Instagram, but we, we pretty much live on Facebook. Fantastic. Yeah, and us, I mean, uh, TN Craft Distributors on, on Facebook. And uh, I think it's about the same address on Instagram, Twitter. So, uh, great. All righty. By the way, my, go ahead. My, part, my parting shot is that I love the, the, thumb, the thumb placement on this mug. <laughs> I don't know. It's, I've been thinking. About, I've been seeing that the whole time. It's, it's got the great thumb placement. This, this, this guy's been making. He's been doing pottery for forty-five years. Who is this? So uh, Gio Guccione. He's out of California, nice. but he knows his craft. <laughs> it's good craft. Good, good thumb, thumb placement on the mug. Fantastic. That's the way I want to end it. Excellent. Well, guys, thank you for joining us. Um, thank you, Joe. Ed. Oh, thank, thanks for coming out. So yeah. uh, appreciate it. I, I, I want to get to Knoxville sometime. Yes, soon, so. absolutely. We'll, we'll have you, to have you we'll out. You, yeah, I mean, both of you guys coming to Knoxville, we'll give you the tour. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Good. Yeah. yeah, fantastic. Cheers. 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 All righty. And with that said, um, <laughs> this has been Chris Hill, <laughs> DJ Luke. And remember to stay humble and try new beer. All right. Thank you, guys. I'm halfway down in the bottom of a bottle.